Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you are new to the broadcast, we have a new show every Monday and Thursday streaming on charismapodcastnetwork.com. You can also find this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And I speak to amazing people from around the world that have a prophetic message, that are doing incredible exploits for the kingdom of heaven, people with the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he delivered them, what he's doing in their lives. And then also, I just come on here and I break down revelation from the scriptures. You know, revelation the Lord has really used to mold my life, transform my life in supernatural ways. I come on with friends. Um, pastors. My wife comes on with me a lot, and we just love to dive into the Word of God. We want to challenge the body, inspire the body. Uh, the, the broadcast is called Awaken Podcast, based on Ephesians 5.14. Awake, awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That was spoken to believers, you know, believers in the church of Ephesus. And so even as believers, our hearts need to be awakened to see the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, to know who he is, to know who we are in Christ, the tools that we have, you know, in our arsenal so we could walk out our calling um, in our everyday lives so we could truly destroy the works of the enemy so we could truly just abide in the presence of the Lord and know him in an intimate way. And so that's my desire and that's my passion here on the podcast. And today I have a very, very special guest. But before I get into that, I just want to break down a scripture. I always like to start off with scripture and it's just one verse here in First Corinthians 2.16 and I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. First Corinthians 2.16 out of the NASB. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This is a mind-blowing passage. When I first got saved, the Lord really began to highlight this to me about as believers, we have access to the very thoughts of the Lord, that we have the mind of Christ, that Christ lives in us and we in him. And because Christ is in us, we could tap into his emotions and his thoughts. And so we're really going to dive into that. It's going to be an interesting show today, a really enlightening show. And my guest, he's a, he's a pastor. His name is Chris Vallotton. He's a senior associate leader of Bethel Church in Redding, California. He's also the co-founder of the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry and Moral Revolution. He is also the founder of the Bethel School of Technology and the chairman of Advanced Redding and also the founder of Bethel Media. He's a best-selling author with more than a dozen books. Many of them truly impacted my life in, in huge ways. He has training manuals out there that help believers discover their identity as sons and daughters of God. He and his wife, Kathy, they, they both live in Reading, and they have four amazing children and a growing number of grandchildren. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Michael. So cool. Like I said, I, I, I truly honor you. Your ministry has made a huge impact and I've been serving the Lord for a while. And one thing that I love to ask my guests before we dive into the content of where we're going, you know, how did the Lord first capture you? How'd you encounter the Lord and, and come into the kingdom? Well, I wasn't raised to be a Christian and my, my father drowned when I was three and I had two yeah. stepfathers who didn't mm. like me. And in between my two stepfathers, my mother divorced one stepfather and we were like, and she was single for three years. And we had a prowler that was breaking in our house. And my mother was like sleeping with a shotgun. I was sleeping with a rifle. And, and uh, my mother was covered with psoriasis from uh, probably from a lot from stress, at least the spread. Yeah. And so I was, I was 15 years old and uh, a prowler had gotten in our house the night before in my bedroom. I took a shot at him. And then um, the next night I was laying awake. I couldn't sleep. And, and I said, out loud like if there's a god if you heal my mother i'll find out who you are and i'll serve you the rest of my life 
Mm. And an audible voice said to me, my name is Jesus Christ, and you have what you requested. And, um, and the next morning, my mother was completely healed of psoriasis. <laughs> and a voice, wow. the voice came back about, oh, probably a week later, said, my name is Jesus Christ. She said that if I healed your mother, you'd serve me. I'm waiting. And then that put us on a three-year journey. And we ended up in this uh, really cool kind of hippie Jesus people, you know, uh, uh, group, uh, like youth group. It was called Hallelujah Singers, and my girlfriend, now wife, was there with me, and we both accepted Jesus that night and wow. followed him ever since. I was 18 years old when I when I found the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I'm, yeah. It's been more than 10 years, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it has. It's, that's awesome. It's so, yeah. yeah, especially being married, having four kids and a growing number of grandchildren. So how long have you been serving the Lord? Yeah. Um, well, 18 on 65, so 47 years, 47 years, something like that. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. 47 years. Been married for 45. Yeah. I got something to learn from you for sure. I've been married for six going on seven years. <laughs> and so that's awesome. That's awesome. And so did you know right away, I want to dive into our content today, but just I'm really I'm interested and kind of curious. Did you, at that Jesus People uh, style church, was the gifts of the Spirit moving? Because I know at Bethel, you guys oh, are yeah. all about advancing the kingdom of God and the supernatural gifts. And so is that how you were introduced to that? Yeah. You know, I mean, it was like we would sing songs like hallelujah, hallelujah. And while we were singing, we, were all, we weren't in a church. We were actually in someone's house, about a hundred of us. And people would stand up as we were singing and say, you know, Jesus healed me from epilepsy. Someone else would stand up, Jesus delivered me from heroin. And that was what was happening that night. And I I had gone to church for three years from church to church looking for, you know, looking for the Lord because the Lord, you know, he told, I knew, I knew his name was Jesus because he said, my name is Jesus Christ. And I knew he healed because obviously he healed my mother. So, and I, I, I just couldn't find a church that, I felt Jesus was in. Well, now uh, I look at it differently now, but, but when I went there to the, the Hallelujah Singers on a Wednesday night, and I heard people get up and talk about the power of Jesus working in their lives, like I knew that was the, that was the same Jesus I had mm. encountered. Yeah, there's a lot of different packages out there, a lot of different denominations. Of course, we support unity, and everyone's our brother and sister in Christ, but there's something about when the Holy Spirit's moving and people are yeah. really pressing into the fullness of God, and especially since your first encounter with the Lord Jesus was Him healing your mother. So you knew something was missing when people weren't talking about really? the miraculous and the supernatural aspects of God and His desire to heal and touch and move through his people. And so I know that you've been, you've pioneered the supernatural school of ministry and you've seen so many miracles and your, um, you, your ministry in Bethel church is leaving a huge legacy in the body of Christ. And so just thank you for pioneering this for, for 47 years in ministry. So many people have been impacted. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't even know that people didn't believe in the power of God for probably 10 years. Like <laughs> I'd never run into someone who didn't believe in gifts for work for today or anything like that, because you know, the way that I got brought into the kingdom. So, sure. it, you know, it, it surprised me when I finally heard, like, there's people that don't believe in miracles today. Like, wow, <laughs> that's sad, you know? I know. Heart- heartbreaking. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, same thing with me. You know, I grew up in a, it was a non-denominational church, but I encountered the presence of God. I was a drug addict. I wanted nothing to do with the Lord. And then he captured my heart. I experienced 
the power of his presence, the love of God filled my heart. And then, you know, the Lord healed my brain. I, I, I destroyed my brain from, from drug usage and God healed my brain and healed my body. And it just, it was a package deal, you know, when I got saved and I got baptized in the spirit, I believe the moment I encountered Jesus because life became very supernatural after that, hearing the voice of God and seeing in the spirit and, and things of that nature. And so, yeah, it just, I didn't learn about that until I went to Bible school, <laughs> that there was different so uh, viewpoints on that and cessationism, et cetera. And I met a bunch of people that, you know, believed like that as well. But you wrote, you wrote an incredible book, you know, called Spiritual Intelligence. And it's not like many books that I've yeah. read or encountered. I love that you devoted an entire book on this, you know, and in terms yeah. of just, defining like what what is spiritual intelligence i want to kind of lay a foundation here yeah i would like to define spiritual intelligence you know from your perspective and then like how do the scriptures relate to this because you talk a lot about you know possessing the mind of christ and accessing the mind of christ well i mean you know what iq is right you know what eq is emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. so you know iq and eq are resident in a person like you know obviously you go to you know university you learn that you know, all of that information is 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 resident in you, but SQ or spiritual intelligence is resident in the Holy Spirit, and we have access to the Holy Spirit's thoughts. Yeah. I mean, uh, and Paul talked about in in uh, Ephesians four, he said, "Be renewed in the spirit of your mind," which that began to open up a whole other way for me to view, you know, how we, what kind of information we can have from the Holy Spirit and, and from God, because. Like, you know, I, and, and where I'm going is, is that believers, born-again believers, are the only people that have the advantage and can think tridimensionally. They can think IQ and EQ, but they also have an SQ button. It's like pushing the Safari button on your phone, you know, going from all the information that's on your phone, videos, you know, contact numbers and all that. But as soon as I hit Safari, I, I am connected to 4.7 billion people on the internet and I can, you know, put any subject in like leadership and probably read to read different perspectives of leadership till the day I die. Well, think about what it would be like to click on the internet of God and be able to read the mind of God who was never born and is a scientist of scientists. He's the mechanic of mechanics, engineer of engineers. He is the most brilliant being who's never been born. Yeah. This is what we have full access to. We're not just thinking like God, but actually thinking God thoughts. That's First Corinthians chapter 2, that we have the mind of Christ because we have the Spirit of God who knows the thoughts of God. Therefore, we have access not just to the way God thinks, but what God is actually thinking. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. And this is something that even just hearing you talk about this, you know, there's a lot of believers out there that have a separation mentality with God, like God's up in the sky and we're down here. Maybe he talks to us, maybe he leads us, you know, but they, he, you know, they, they don't have this God inside minded, you know, mentality. And this, this really goes against that. You're highlighting scriptures that say, no, the Holy Spirit lives in the inside of us. The fullness of God is dwelling on the inside of us, according to scripture. And because of that, the mind of Christ is with us. And so we get to access these thoughts. And I just know that a lot of people and, you know, have this belief system that, you know, God's up in the clouds and we're down here and they, you know, they, they would maybe have a hard time embracing, you know, this revelation right here. Yeah. Well, you know, um, here's the deal. Like Romans chapter 12, verse two, we all know pretty well, right? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the point there is that we learn to think like God. We learn to think like God. For Amen. example, mm. um, let's say, uh, my neighbor Joe is persecuting me. 
and he hates me and he throws junk over my yard. Okay, when I am when I have a renewed mind, Romans twelve two, when I have a renewed mind, I think like God. In other words, I think, well, what does Jesus say about loving my enemy? You know, and I like I want to go throw a bunch of garbage in his yard, but what does Jesus think? And he says, Well, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, do good to those who do bad to you. So that's thinking like God, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the renewed mind. Yeah. But First Corinthians chapter two is not talking about the renewed mind. Paul quotes the Old Testament prophet who says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, it hasn't entered the heart of man all that God wants to do for those he loves. So the Old Testament prophet says, We have no idea what God's doing. We don't know what he's doing for us, but we know it's good. Mm-hmm. Paul says, goes on to say, but to us, think the eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, hasn't entered the heart of man, all that God wants to do for us, but they've been revealed to us. For who knows the mind of, of a man except for the spirit of man that's in him? Who knows, who knows the mind of God except for the spirit of God that is in him? Now, we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God that we might know the thoughts of God. Mm-hmm. And then Paul goes on, and the Old Testament prophet says, you know, who knows what God is thinking? And Paul said, we do. We have the mind of Christ. <laughs> yeah. So the point being, let's go, let's, let, me, let me give you a little contrast. So the Romans 12, 2, when I renew my mind, I think like God. But when I have the mind of Christ, I actually have access to God's thoughts. Okay, let's go back to my example. So Joe, my neighbor, is throwing junk over my yard, in my yard, cursing me, can't stand me. And I'm like, what did I do to this guy? And so I tap into God's thoughts, not just how God would respond principally, but what is God thinking about Joe? And I, and I hear the Lord say, you know, Joe's father was a pastor who abused and molested him. And, you know, when Joe sees you, he sees his dad. And all of a sudden, I have information to actually help Joe. Because I'm not just acting in principle, being kind to him, because that's what Jesus would do, but I actually know what's bothering him so that maybe I can reach out and help him. Yeah, that's awesome. And we have full access to the mind of Christ. Yeah, and that even right there would be a word of knowledge, right? Even just talking about the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit, but there's also more gifts of the Spirit just besides the supernatural words of knowledge and the prophetic, but all of that in general, if you get a prophetic word or you get a word of knowledge, that's accessing the mind of Christ in a moment. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes, and and, you know, we need to build neural pathways to the Spirit of our minds so that it's second nature for us to metaphorically click on the Safari button to see what God thinks about that, as opposed to just working it out ourselves. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. And in your book, you talk about, and this is interesting because you talk about neuropathways. I'd like to get into that a little bit mm-hmm. because I like how you separated. This really helps us in building a foundation. I love how you separated the renewing of the mind to accessing the mind of Christ because that was that was enlightening for me right now, kind of seeing the difference between the two. And then you and then you talk about neuropathways. I know in your book you talk about like um. A uh, mental or emotional breakdown that you had personally in your life with that, yeah. which, which actually led you to studying about uh, neuroscience. I believe in two thousand and eight. Tell us a little bit about that, because I believe that's probably one of the one of the main aspects of how you got on this journey. Yeah, and, you know, I did. I, I had an emotional, mental breakdown, and I was laying on the couch for six months. Couldn't get off the couch. Depressed. You know, anxiety, panic attacks, and I'm like, all right. And I went to see a counselor. He was really kind, and and I was. It was good to hear, you know, 
good to meet with someone that, you know, that cares about you, but sure. I wasn't getting well. And so I'm like, all right, I got to figure out what's actually going on with me. So I started reading some books on, you know, counseling books, uh, neuroscience books. I picked up a book by Carolyn Leaf and uh, called uh, Who Shift, Who Shift Us, Who Switched Off My Brain. Mm-hmm. And she has the first section of it is all about, you know, neuroscience and, you know, and body chemistry and neural pathways. And I, and I don't remember if it was in her book because I read several books, but one author talked about um, picturing neural pathways like taking um, a block of cheese and dropping a hot, hot marble through it. Mm-hmm. And, and the way neural pathways work and why they're important is because our thoughts actually travel on highways called neural pathways in, through our brain. And what happens is the more I think a thought, the wider the path becomes. So I think a thought, and I, let's say I have a walking trail through the jungle of my mind. I think the same thought again, and it gets widened and widened and widened and widened. widened. And, you know, Donald Miller uh, said, um, he, the guy, he wrote Blue Like Jazz, he, he pointed out that we, um, the goal of your brain is to use the least amount of energy possible to come to a conclusion. So the deal is, is that thoughts, they travel on these neural pathways. Now, what happens when I have negative neural pathways, like that foreboding spirit, foreboding means impending sense of doom. Like I always think something bad's gonna happen. Well, every time I think something bad's gonna happen, I am widening the highway called neural pathways to the jungle of my mind. So if I'm going to renew my mind, what I'm actually doing biologically and neurologically is I'm actually building new neural pathways if you will, the heavenly thoughts. Mm-hmm. As Bill Johnson points out, any thought in me that doesn't inspire hope is rooted in a lie. Yep. So I start, mm-hmm. so, so, but you got to think about it like this, like think about this picture, like you got this 10 lane freeway to, you know, nothing ever goes right for me, you know, uh, Murphy's law. And now you want to renew your mind. The word, um, in Joshua chapter one, verse eight tells us, you know, that God says to Joshua, if you meditate on my word day and night and you talk about my word and you do my word, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have success. The word meditate is the Hebrew word growl, like a lion growls. So when we're talking about building new neural pathways, we're taking truth and we are aggressively going after truth. For instance, the doctor says, you know, you got six months to live. Well, that's the fact. But what is the truth? The truth is what God says about me. So I began to aggressively, like a bulldozer, build new neural pathways by talking about the word, meditating on the word, thinking about the word, and I'm building these. And what's happening is, if you can picture an off-ramp to your 10-lane freeway, and I begin to build this first path through the jungle of my mind. And the more I get off that ne- that negative path, metaphorically speaking, the more the the jungle grows back, and it's harder to go that way. And then easier it is to go, when it, easier it is to have God thoughts. And if I do that for forty days, I will create a new uh, a, a new freeway, which will become a mindset, a mindset. So I'm saying this is the way neural pathways are built in IQ and EQ. And I'm saying, 
why don't we also create a pathway to SQ? And that means solving the problems by the mind of Christ, listening to the Holy Spirit's answers and insights into the into our world. And and um, and I'd like to point out that you know the next question that you probably have is, well, why don't we build neural pathways to SQ when we have an SQ advantage? Mm-hmm. And that's and the answer to that question because I thought about it a lot. Is, is because we tend to answer life's questions at the lower levels. And here's a great example. I think it's in 1 Kings 4. It's the story of Elijah. She, Elisha meets the woman who's, who's a widow of a prophet. So the prophet has died. And Elisha comes to her and says to her, like, what, what's going on? How are you doing? She said, oh, my, the, my, my, my lenders are coming to take away my sons and put them in, in debtor's prison. And my husband left, left us with this big debt before he died. And Elisha says, so what do you have? And she says, nothing. And he put a little bit of oil. And he said, go get some jar, go get as many jars as you can, as many vessels as you can. And he brings those vessels in. They pour the vessel, the, the little bit of oil into the jars. The jars are all full. He says, now go sell, go sell that, <clears throat> that oil and pay off your bills and live on the rest. Now, great example. If Elisha, if she would have said, you know, we owe $40,000, and he said, oh, I got that in my account, and wrote a check for it, he would have answered her, her he would have solved her issue at IQ and EQ. Mm-hmm. But if, in other words, the reason why he tapped into SQ was because there was no IQ EQ answer. Yeah. And I'm saying oftentimes wow. we experience a miracle because we have tried everything else. And I'm saying, what if we built neural pathways to SQ? So SQ becomes our first response instead of our last. Does that make sense? No, it makes it makes tons of sense. It even just being a missionary and living by faith for so long. There were so many times in my life and, you know, being a part of Iris too, Heidi Baker always says there's no plan B, you know, there's just plan, there's just plan A, just serve God, trust God. You know, we have, we have nothing else. And so there's so many times in our life where IQ, you know, and EQ, you know, didn't work. We needed the spiritual intelligence of God to get us through a circumstance. But I love how you're even emphasizing the importance of, because renewing the mind is vitally important. The scriptures talk about it, muttering the scriptures and, you know, and, and meditating on the word of God day and night and having our mind transformed, you know, in a way where we're thinking like God. And Hey, if, if Elijah would have wrote a check and if he had the funds, he would have been, like you said, operating (laughs) out of his, you know, what he had, but at the same time he was thinking like God to be generous and to be a blessing. There's nothing wrong with that, but he didn't have those things available. And so we had to tap into the things of God. And so, you know, but we, 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 Pretty much what I'm hearing you say is we could, you know, even if we have the emotional intelligence, even if we have the natural intelligence, the IQ, we should be able to tap into the SQ, like the spiritual intelligence of God, even if we have all the other elements, because we we want to, we want the mind of Christ more than, more than anything else. And I know that. You share in your book, I pulled a quote from your book, by now, this is this is something that you said in your book, by now it should be clear that the level of our spiritual intelligence is determined by the depth of our relationship with our spirit guide, who is the Holy Spirit, 
And um, like, I just feel like in my life, when I've gotten words of knowledge, when I've gotten prophetic insight, when I've been able to really just sense the heart of God, literally feel his emotions over a person, whether it be a homeless person or someone who's sick or a family member or my children, you know, it's because I've developed this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, which you talk about in your book from that quote I just mentioned. And so is that what you would say in terms of really tapping into SQ, just developing a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I mean, I think some people have a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit. Let's see if I can say this the way I mean it. But they don't know that there's access to the mind of Jesus, the mind Mm -hmm. of Christ. Mm -hmm. So what I'm getting at is like, let's say that you're serving the Lord, but you've never seen a miracle, and you're raised in a church that doesn't believe in miracles. Yeah. Well, you have full access to miracles, but everything's activated by faith, right? Yeah. So you're like... Okay, so I've never seen a miracle, therefore God doesn't do miracles. Oh, so we have to reduce our theology down to your experience. That's a bummer. So let's say that I have the Holy Spirit, but I spend my whole life answering questions and answering life's, you know, dilemmas through IQ and EQ. Well, I I could I could totally have a great relationship with the Holy Spirit, but I don't actually know that I have access to this. So it's like I it's like it's like I have a great wish with my dad, but I don't know my dad's a multimillionaire. Yeah. So I, I never ask him for provision. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying I do think that there's two parts. One is, yes, we need to have a great relationship with the Holy Spirit, and that deepens our potential, our potential for the, the for SQ. But we also what you you can't become what you haven't seen or heard. Mm, that's true. So mm-hmm. there's also the dynamic of do I actually know that the Holy Spirit has, for instance, I'm fixing a car. I, you know, I can't figure out what's wrong. There's a couple of stories in the, in the book about this. And, and I, I'm trying everything. And then I go to church. I learn about words of knowledge. I come back on Monday and I use the word knowledge to fix a car. Now, why didn't I do that before? It wasn't, I didn't have a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit the next day. I just had faith for something I didn't have faith for that day. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So it's both and like I need to deepen my relationship with the Holy Spirit, but I also need to know that I have access to the thoughts of God. Yeah, that's really good. I'm just even the Lord's highlighting my, you know, this, this time that I, um, it was in Mozambique and we, we had a truck that I was always using to bring students from one outreach to another, to a restaurant, to here, to there. And this truck only had one set of keys because we're in Mozambique and you can't just go down the street and copy keys, you know, at a yeah. Home Depot or something like that. And so I was yeah. one of the drivers and that was my responsibility. And I lost the keys. They just fell out of my pocket for whatever reason. And now I'm on a base with it's huge and the keys literally could be at anywhere because I'm driving around all day. I'm walking around from place to place from hut to hut. And so I remember starting to get anxious about it and I could use my IQ and try to think about exactly where I was that day. All right, I'm going to retrace my steps, which most of us do. And this is like a very practical on a very practical level, but we all have our practical lives. Right. And so I could just be like, hey, you know, uh, I was there earlier and then I went to this location then I went to this location and I could retrace it and try to find it. But my wife, who I was dating at the time, said to me, well, how about we just ask the Holy Spirit where your car keys are? And I was like, oh, like something on the inside of me was like, yeah, no, I just got to find these keys. But I said, you know what? You're right. The Holy Spirit knows where the keys are. And I literally sat down and I just said, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry for getting anxious. Where are the keys? And I saw in my mind a picture of the car keys in a, in a section of grass by this particular hut. 
I ran over there and that's exactly where the keys were. And I just rejoiced wow. in the Lord. And I was like, God, you are so faithful. Like, I, I'm sorry for not just tapping into your mind because you gave me access. You died for me to have access to these thoughts. And you don't want to help me just with the words of knowledge for healing and, you know, all the, all the stuff that is obviously spiritual that the scriptures talk about. Like, you want to be a part of my everyday practical Life, And I just feel like that's one example because that's one thing we lose our keys. We lose our phone. Like that's, you know, an example of like, I can tap into the mind of God every day with this. Totally. So and, good. Yeah, man. And a lot of people, a lot of people talk about, and there's a quote in your book that I think is fantastic. A lot of people, you know, talk about science, like ignoring science and, you know, even, you know, calling science evil, you know, because of all the, you know, all this different stuff. But you talk about in your book how science is not anti-God, but it's pro-revelation. And I just love because we're talking about something right now that, hey, we could just talk about the scriptures and what the scriptures says about these things and break it down and give a few examples. But you're talking about scientific, you're talking about neuroscience and the pathways. You're giving the, you're giving the scientific explanation behind these things. And I think it's so important. So like, what's your heart behind this in terms of, because you said science isn't anti-God, but it's pro-revelation. Like, how can we, how can we use science to help us in this way? Like, how, how has it um, empowered your life to learn more about this? Well, yeah, and uh, let me be clear. Like, I'm talking about real science, not pseudoscience, mm. which we have so much pseudoscience around. You know, that there, there are people who are atheists that they spend their life trying to prove there is no God. So I'm not talking about that kind of science, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but Romans chapter 1 says God's invisible attributes his eternal power and divine nature are clearly seen in what God made. So God's invisible attributes, who God is, God's divine power, are all locked up in creation. God's invisible attributes, eternal power, and divine nature are all locked up in science. In other words, when you see what God made, it, God never makes anything outside of his nature. Mm. So when you study nature, it leads you to the creator. For example, if you drive by a house, maybe in the hood, and there's junk cars outside, all the windows are broken out of it, you know, you get the idea. It looks like like a mess. Uh Mm -hmm. Does not that what someone creates, it doesn't define them, but it does reveal them? Yeah. So what I'm getting at is I don't expect a man to walk out of that house in a nice suit and have a great marriage because the things that you create around you, they don't define you, but they do reveal you. Mm. So I'm saying science is the same. When you look at science, you know, and up from a, a thousand miles out, you look at the planets and you look at the, you look at the rivers and the mountains and all the things and you look at, how beautiful creation is. And you're like, well, that speaks to the creator. And my point would be, there is, there's no real science that doesn't, that real science that doesn't give glory to God because God was the painter Mm. and the world is the painting. Yeah. The painter, the painting Mm. reveals the character and nature of the, of the artist. Mm. that's really good what would you first of all that's that's awesome i'm just kind of just receiving that right now just even thinking about that what would you say to somebody let's just say they've their their interest is peaked 
they've never heard this before. You know, they've never mm-hmm. heard this message. They they know about the mind of Christ. They know about renewing the mind, but they've never heard it from this perspective before. Because your book, it's it's not a short book. It's got a lot of content in it, a lot of stories, mm-hmm. a lot of teaching. You're really breaking open, you know, breaking open a subject that not many teachers in the body of Christ really. You know, I'm not saying it's not out there, but I'm saying there's not a whole lot of books about this. And so, what would you say to somebody who's really interested in diving into this and really? gaining this revelation, how could it impact their lives? And like, what's your heart behind writing this book for them? Well, I, honestly, I, I mean, I hate to sound like a marketer or a salesman, but I mean, read the book. And, <laughs> you know, there, we have a, uh, SQ, um, Institute that we're, that we've developed. You can get online right now and take it, you know, you can take a, an SQ test to see where your spiritual intelligence lies and how to improve. And at some point, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have SQ, consulting, coaching. And I think all that is different ways that, again, you can't become what you haven't seen or heard. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I, I always give this silly example, like oftentimes we're, when we're poor, we pray for God to send us money. And instead, God sends us, you know, Joe Rich, who's incredibly wealthy and gives us no money. And we're like, you know, why did God send Joe Rich into my life? Well, what happens usually is I get jealous of Joe and I lose out of the, I lose out on the revelation of why God sent him, because God's no respecter of persons. So yeah. if He did it for mm-hmm. Joe, He'll do it for you. And the goal of sending you Joe was for you to have faith for wealth. So I say the same here. It's like when you hang around with people who are thinking in tri tri dimensionally, it kind of, like you kind of catch it through osmosis as well as through information, right? So there's there's an impartation. And there's there's revelation at the same time, and so you start to you start it's it's so much easier to learn through not just teaching but mentorship. How do I actually come to the conclusions through um, the, the Holy Spirit's mind? Yeah, that's really good. And you've done a lot of equipping, and you have access to there's access to these different courses and to your resources. Yeah. So how do people, what's your website and how do people uh, tap into not just the um, SQ courses, but all the other discipleship and resources you have? Yeah. If, if they just go to KV Ministries, KV like Victor mm-hmm. Ministries, it'll, that'll pop up and it gives you uh, access to the SQ uh, website too. So I think right there, and we, I think we have like 300 or 400 podcasts, all free. So, you know, if you want to follow some of my line of thinking you can just you know and also we're all over youtube and everywhere else but yeah that'd be the easiest way great and your book spiritual intelligence is available right now is that right yeah it just came available two weeks ago i think uh on amazon on on uh, barnes and nobles and every other uh bookstore you can buy it from us too on our website whatever's most convenient for you Man, well, I just uh, thank you so much, Chris, for joining me on the podcast. Like I said, I honor you. Your uh, contribution in the body of Christ has been massive in my life and countless thousands all over the world. And so thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. And just I know you're busy. You got a lot going on in your life, but you, uh, you got a family, you got a ministry, you got so much going on. But you've taken the time to be with me today. And so um, thank you so much for that. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for what you're doing. And God bless your audience. Thank you so much, Chris. And for those who are listening, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It'll definitely help us get this out to more people around the world so they can be challenged, inspired, and blessed by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I look forward to speaking with you next time on Awaken Podcast. Awaken Podcast.